You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. We're talking about the B word today, balance. Whether you love it or hate it, it probably makes you feel some kind of way. And Toronto-based business coach, author, podcaster, and community leader, Leanne Kim, is here to help you rethink balance once and for all. Leanne busts some balance myths today and shares instead how to get in a state of flow that works for your life, whether you're a fellow business owner, mama of littles, dedicated career woman, or a combination of all of the above. She's also sharing her calm approach, C-A-L-M, to create more joy, appreciate this moment, let go and say no more, and meditate or embrace me time. It's our hope that you will finish this episode feeling better about what you're already doing so well, being a bit easier on yourself as you intentionally review some realistic shifts that you might be able to make for an even more flowing, joyful life. Stay tuned through this episode. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to and welcome Leanne. Thank you so much, Erica. I'm so thrilled to be here. Yes, Leanne, you are such a superstar and such a bright light. I am so honored that you are bringing that light to thrive today. So thank you so much for being here. And let's just kick things off with you telling us about yourself in a nutshell. Sure. So in a nutshell, I'm a mom. I had two kids very close together. They're now eight and 10. But at the time uh, I was working full time. I had a side hustle. I have a husband. I have a house that I was taking care of. And it all just got to be a little too much. I realized that I wasn't making time for my own joy. And I wasn't really doing something with my life that felt fulfilling. I loved my career, but I was ready for a change. And so I started doing some sales consulting on the side. I had this little community of mamas who had their own businesses. And really quickly, I realized that I had something here. I realized that these mom entrepreneurs were so super passionate about what they were doing, but a lot of them didn't come with the sales skills that I had built up in my day job, in my career. And so, yeah, after a couple of years of contemplating and testing things out, I made the leap. Um, Since that time, I became a business coach and I'm still a business coach to this day. I primarily coach mom entrepreneurs who want to grow to six and seven figures. And uh, yeah, loving life would never change it for the world. I love that. You do all the things and you totally get it. I know we were joking before we hit record because we've had to shuffle, even just making this conversation happen around multiple times. But we were like, you know what? We're both moms. We're both entrepreneurs. We get it. We just shift things around and make it work. And somehow it all comes together beautifully in the end, which is like the balancing game of it all, right? Absolutely. Yeah. My kids were really, when I, my kids, when I started this thing, my kids were almost one and not yet three. So I had two kids under the age of three. I somehow discovered that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I was hustling. And now they're, as I say, they're eight and 10 life's a little bit easier, but, and I'm, I'm very grateful. I have, you know, very hands-on partner, but I get it. I see the challenges, you know, especially over the last couple of years with where we live, we've been in lockdowns, you know, almost constantly. And so it's really nice to feel like we're getting back to normal, but yeah, I mean, mom life is the best. I wouldn't change it, but it comes with its own unique set of challenges. Mm -hmm. 
real quick too, since you mentioned your kids were three and one, when you first started doing all of this, can you kind of paint the picture of what the behind the scenes truly looked like? Because I think there are so many misconceptions out there and people are either like holding their babies covered in spit up with like three inch bags under their eyes. Like how the heck she's crazy. There's no way she did this. Or there's the people who are like, holding their espresso, running down the street. Like, are you kidding me? Pass me three more children. I've got all of it. Like, what, what did it look like for you Oh yeah. in reality? In reality, it was messy, but it was glorious at the same time. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person that I embrace the mess. I don't expect things to be perfect. They never have been perfect for me. And so, um, and, and luck, I was lucky enough to meet some mentors and, and, you know, people that I looked up to early on that gave me the advice of like, start before you're ready, start before it's perfect. And I've luckily that is kind of my personality anyway, because I'm naturally highly creative. I mean, my first business, my side hustle that I mentioned was um, an art business. I did uh, custom art for kids and babies, bedrooms and nurseries. Um, And I was highly creative. I loved doing it, but I realized it wasn't scalable. So back in the day, I was, you know, painting by day, Um, I was, you know, blessed. I really want to honor the fact that here in Canada, we get these generous maternity leaves. I mean, they're not perfect um, and they're not completely paid, but at the time I had a day job, I was able to step away and I didn't have to worry about that job not being there for me. So with both of my kids, I took one year off, um, partially paid, and then was able to go back. And as I say, I have this amazing partner. His name is Yoon. Uh, He also is a very hands-on dad. So I would lean on him a lot. You know, I can remember days where I'd be, you know, working from home on my day job. I'd be working on my side hustle. I'd be planning a Mamas and Co event that was happening in two weeks and we wanted to sell more tickets to that. And then, you know, the little ones would come home from daycare and then I'd have to switch into mom mode. I'm a very hands-on mom. Like a lot of people are, are you know, and I, I, I say, do what you need to do to create balance whatever that looks like for you. We're going to talk about balance in a minute and how a lot of people hate that word. I hated that word for a long time. Um, So I'm a big believer in do what you need to do, but I actually enjoy cooking. I actually enjoy working out. I actually enjoy doing a lot of the things that a lot of women do not enjoy doing. So for me, it was never about, you know, building this massive empire at all costs. It was always going to revolve around my life, my family, my time with my kids. And it still does to this day, but every season just looks a little bit different. It's always messy, but it's messy in its own unique way. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're early stages and you've got young kids, I just say by all means necessary, a big thing that I will talk about in order to create more of that balance or that feeling of calm, feeling of fulfillment, asking for help was so critical. Um, I've struggled with it for sure. I think a lot of people struggle with it, but I knew I wasn't going to make it through without it. And I knew that this business, once I realized what it was, I just knew I couldn't do it all on my own. So I think that served me in that I see a lot of women. I coach a lot of women early stages that are trying to do it all on their own. And they're trying to do it, you know, on an, on a dime and without investing anything. And I appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, none of us were meant to do it all alone. So I I think we have to, we have to get more comfortable with asking for help. Oh, for sure. And I love that you mentioned the big buzzword, 
balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've talked about balance a lot here on Thrive in the past, but it's a conversation that I think is always worth having because it's really always evolving, much like the idea of balance and what that looks like in each of our lives and each of each of the different seasons. So let's just go there right away because you're big mm-hmm. on balance or rather rethinking it in general. So can you maybe bust some balance myths, share your viewpoint on what it is and maybe what it's not too, because mm-hmm. I feel like, like you said, some people either love it and swear by it, or some people hate it. And there's a lot of, there's, I think there's two sides to every coin here. So. Absolutely. Well, I think the biggest myth is that balance means equal and it does not mean equal, right? I think a lot of uh, the women that I coach, when I use that term, I'll get like kind of a visceral reaction. And what they're reacting to is this idea of, I have to hold everything in perfect balance or I have to spend as much time on my kids as I do on my business, as I do on these other things. And that's not correct at all. I think it's a terrible approach to think that everything has to be in equal balance all the time, which is why I I actually, I've moved away from using the term balance and I'm shifting more to using the term flow in my work because whatever you call it, this is what I'll say to you, whatever you call it doesn't really matter. But there is a state that most of us are craving that feels a lot better than what we're living right now. You know, if you could put a label on how you feel like your life is right now, whether it's, you know, panic, overwhelm, rushed, um, I'm always feeling pulled in so many directions. Like, what is the what is the expression that you would use for what you're living And then I would ask you to think about like, what do you want instead? Because it's not that, but maybe the word balance isn't the thing in your mind that you're craving. But I guarantee for 99.9% of mamas out there, it's something that represents that. It's something that represents a state of being able to do multiple things well, feeling that sense of flow, feeling that sense of calm you know, waking up in the morning and feeling like there's more than enough time in the day to get it all done and to make the impact we were born to make. That's the feeling that we're craving, you know, or, you know, various versions of that. So if balance doesn't resonate with you, throw that word out, pick a totally different word. As I say, the word that is really resonating with me right now is feeling in flow in my business or feeling in flow in my life. And so I use that term more in my work, but whatever that looks like for you or sounds like for you, let's just own that that is something that you want to create. And then let's get clear on what that looks like for you. Cause it looks different for everyone. As I say, there were times when my kids were young, I'm just going to be very straight up honest with you, Erica. When my kids were young, I knew I did not love the baby and toddler stage. I, there were things I liked about it, but that's not where I shine as a mama. As a mama, I'm a big kid mom, like eight and 10 is my jam, totally. But up until the ages of about five, six, I was not really enjoying it. So I didn't want to spend as much time with my kids as I did on my business. And that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad mom. It doesn't make you a bad person. There's going to be seasons to your balance, your version of balance or your version of flow. And it's going to evolve over time. And so rather than feeling these feelings of guilt for not being in balance or not spending equal time on these things, why don't we just appreciate the season that we're in and say, where do I want to go from here? If this is not it, if it doesn't feel good, then what do I want to create instead? 
so good. I love that differentiation that you just made, because I feel like that just, for me, that resonates with me too, because I, I agree. I'm with you. I think for so long, we get stuck in this mindset of, okay, if we're looking at scales, the scales are equal. And that means when you're in the throes of like early motherhood, you feel so out of balance because your kids are getting your everything and there's nothing for you. And you're right. It's a season, but then as you are able to expand a little bit more in different seasons and grow and flex and change, and you can start thinking like, okay, what are the things that really light me up and the things that make me feel like me, but also help me show up better for the people around me. And I think it's like, that's when you have that freedom to start going. Yeah. Like you said, you love to paint and like just different, different things that aren't just, okay. The work bucket, the family bucket, those are the buckets. How are they? Is it work or is it life? What's the balance? It gives you the, the freedom to have all sorts of different things on your plate and let them go from one to the next. And some might have a little bit more than the other because of the season. And that's okay. It's all going to just keep flowing. It's just, I love the fluidity behind it. I think it's just a really powerful and accurate representation of what we're going for here. Oh, thank you so much. I I actually love that, that word that you use fluidity. You know, I think I can look back on my life and maybe you can relate to this too, Erica. I can look back on my life and I can think about times in my life where I was really hard on myself. And usually when we do that, it's because we feel like we're not doing enough of something or we're not being enough of something. I think back to a time, you know, uh, about a year ago now, um, I lost my dad. He passed away. Um, It was his time, truthfully. But the lead up to that was really painful. And I feel like it was made more painful because I didn't in the beginning just give myself permission to be there for him and just to be in that season of you know, grieving the loss, like you, you can be grieving something long before it's gone. And I definitely was, but I would get angry with myself because I would say things, you know, mentally, not even out loud, but I would say things to myself like, oh, you're, you should be focusing on this right now, or your business should be growing and it's not growing because you're distracted. But truth be told, um, and in the end, I was able to make a little bit more space for that. And it felt so much better Um, I really do believe that there are seasons to everything. There's a season for you to be a mama to young kids that you don't ever get back, right? Once your kids are grown, as I say, like, I didn't want to spend every minute of every day with mine, but I don't regret the time that I spent with them. And I think so often we're, we're so hard on ourselves and this word should comes up. I should be present for my kids or I should be on social media more. Oh, that one kills me. Cause I'm like, maybe it's not, maybe that's not what you should be doing. Like, I think we have to tap into this idea that we have this one beautiful life to live, but we're not meant to do it all continuously full force all the time. And so there was a season where my family needed me to be there for my family, for my dad. That meant that business took a back seat. It was not the number one priority. And, and then there were times where I was able to make my business, my number one priority. And that was the season for that, you know? And so you're not going to be growing constantly at this full rapid pace all the time. There's going to be these waves to it. And I think one of the best things we can do is actually not even just embrace it, but try to enjoy it, right? Try to enjoy the seasons that life presents, even if it's not the most enjoyable, um, it's a great challenge for us to kind of appreciate where we are instead of always trying to be somewhere else. I think that's just one thing I'd love to see changes. If we could just stop trying to be 
something else or someone else or somewhere else further ahead faster you know it's this constant hustle that we need to we need to make a conscious decision to stop doing that yes absolutely and it's it's one of those things too where i think it gives us such important perspective to have those slower seasons also because we forget that if we were just hustling all the time, everyone would just be burnt out. And I feel like there's probably most of society that is in a state of burnout right now. But if you have it all, all good all the time, okay, well now is it, is it good? Or now is that the new normal? And now do you need something even more, even better, even whatever to top it, to give you that sense of perspective of, well, if this is good, then what is bad? Like everything has its opposite there too. So like, if we have a busy season, we need the slow season to give us that time and space and margin to reset and recharge and, you know, let new things come and blossom in there. We can't just be like living in full bloom all the time and expect to keep it up and keep blossoming. Like literally nothing in nature works that way. You're so so right. You're so right. And I'm going to chime in here because I get a lot of questions about this when, when people will say, Oh, my business is like not in flow. I'm hearing this a lot right now because at the time of recording this, there's a lot of fear around the recession. And so um, I recorded this episode. Is it okay if I share the name of it and we can link to it? Yeah, absolutely. It's called, um, I think it's called something like dealing with dry spells. And it was one of the earlier episodes I ever recorded because I had so many clients that would come to me saying, oh my God, the sales have dried up. What am I doing wrong? You know, in this panic state. And as I explained in the episode, as it just, you said so eloquently, um, we're not meant to be in growth phase all the time, actually. So perhaps if life is throwing you a season in your business where it's not as lucrative as you want it to be, or you expected it, what does that offer you, right? What is, what is the opportunity when things aren't so busy for a lot of my people, it's the time that they need to reset and work on their business instead of hustling in their business, right? To actually look at their strategy, look at their offers and say, is, is this what I want? Did I build a business that I truly love? Or maybe it's time to reset. Maybe it's trying to try a new offer that really lights me up. That's more interesting than what I've been doing. And so anyway, we'll link to this episode, but it's a really interesting approach too. And of course, if, if amping up and making sales and and making, you know, growing the revenue is what you want, there's tips in the episode on how to do that too. Um, Because I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, we are not victims as business owners. The business doesn't run us. It's the other way around. So uh, I like to give people the tools to do that. But I, I also think, you know, with every, with every lesson, there's an opportunity. So, you know, what is the opportunity when things are slower? Well, it's a great chance to revisit. Have you built something that you actually love? And a lot of times I'll ask people and the answer is no, they haven't. Yeah. I think that just checking in with yourself whether it's in business or honestly, just in life in general and being willing to take a step back and check in and and really question yourself as to your, why, why are you doing this? Are you doing it because you truly want to, because you truly love to, or are you doing it because so-and-so on your social media feed is doing it and you thought it looked cool. Like really being willing to check in in that way and stop and reassess and pivot if need be so that it's aligned. I think it's something that maybe should be done a lot more in society today. Oh, a hundred percent. And this is something that I do with my coaching clients who will say, 
I work with a lot of people who will resist the idea of building a six-figure business, but then when, we, when it push comes to shove, it is what they actually want. They just have decided it would be a whole bunch of work and they're scared of it. But the reality is if, if I love this idea of getting in touch with your why, but even more so, what's the vision, right? Typically when, when I do these visioning exercises, these five-year visions, People aren't talking about dollars. They're talking about things like, oh, we could finally, you know, upgrade our home to what we feel like we really deserve, or we could finally take that trip because we've been saving and haven't been able to take vacation. Like it's not these wild and crazy things that people want, but it's, it's the things that matter. It's more time with family. It's more time doing things they love. It isn't about the dollars. It's what, it's about what the dollars allow for people to do in their business. So if it's been a while since you've looked at that five-year vision, or maybe you've never looked at it, then absolutely, I think this is some of the most important work you can do. What it is, what is it as a lifestyle that you're looking to build? What's the impact you're looking to make on the world? Forget about, you know, how much you want to sell and what to price it at, because that's that those are the details, right? That's the how we get there. But if we don't know where we're going, you can't possibly think about the how. This is the biggest mistake I see. Leanne, tell me what's wrong with my social media. Leanne, tell me why the people aren't buying. Right now we're going to tactics, which is great, but tactics should be the last thing we look at. First, we have to understand the big picture. Then we have to develop a strategy. And then at the last bit, we're looking at the tactics that will allow us to implement the strategy. Most people are doing it the other way around right? I got to build, 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 build. This is why we feel out of balance. We're, we're the hamster on the wheel who doesn't even realize she's on a wheel, <laughs> right? Just running all the time. So it's one of the reasons, I don't know if you want to dive into this, why I created this CALM acronym. Yeah. You're one step ahead of me. I was about to ask you about it because I know it's a game changer. I think it is a game changer. I think it can be. If you, if you find ways of implementing and also kind of remembering it too. So you might, if you're listening to this, you might want to just do what I've done here and write it on a little sticky note. Uh, Cause this is how I keep myself in check as well as sticky notes, um, reminders on my phone, even voice memos. I'll record voice memos and I'll listen to it back when I'm out for a walk, whatever floats your boat, really, whatever's going to allow you to, um, to revisit it. But this is the acronym. So I, I, I found that people really were struggling with this idea of balance because they equated it to perfection. So I said, let's throw out the idea that things need to be perfectly in balance. And let's just focus on these four things that spell out the word calm, C-A-L-M. Okay. So the, and maybe we can chat about each one too. You can kind of pause in between here if you like. Um, The C stands for creating time for joy. Because as I said, I'll hear a lot of women who'll say, oh, once I get to six figures, then I can take Fridays off. Or once I get to, you know, making $5,000 a month in my business, then I can hire that virtual assistant. Then I can afford to put my kids in daycare. And I'm here to say it's the other way around. You've got to create the time first. You've got to, if something's important to you, You've got to make it a priority and then you have to block it off in the calendar. So for me, I am a very grumpy person if I'm not getting physical activity every single day. 
And I can tell you this, if I didn't put it in the calendar, if I didn't let the people in this house know that it is happening at specific times, it wouldn't happen. And so I see a lot of people waiting for the opportunity to, oh, you know, like, oh yeah, when I, when I can find the time, then I'll exercise. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's so many benefits to exercise, a lot of which are mental focus, right? Confidence boosting. This is the things that people pay me lots of money to be able to learn. You can do this by blocking off 20 minutes a day, putting it in your calendar, asking your partner for coverage or support and going for a 20 minute walk. It's that simple, but we make it so complicated. And we say things like, there is no time for this or that, or whatever it is that brings you joy, right? Whatever your hobbies or activities are, if you're not doing them, you know, I think about, or I would think, I would ask you to think about who are, who are you when you're at your best? What are the activities that allow you to be at your best? And are you scheduling that in? I would also add on top of that, if you're someone who swears you just have no time, consider the concept of habit stacking. Are you aware of habit stacking and how like oh, revolutionary yes. this is? It's oh, like yes. the coolest thing ever, right? So I think I first heard about it in the book, Atomic Habits, which is like an incredible must read for everybody. Um, but literally it's like tacking on something that you do want to do that brings you joy onto something that is already a habit in your daily routine that you have to do. And that you probably, eh, you're like, eh, not my favorite thing. So like listen to a podcast while you're folding the laundry. Okay, there you go. Now, all of a sudden you have time to do something that you were swearing you couldn't before. I'll do that sometimes. Like if there's something I want to watch, listen to a media I want to consume. And sometimes instead of listening to music while I'm working out, I'll have that playing while I'm working out. That way I'm getting the exercise in, but I'm also learning what I need to learn or doing something like that. It's like taking something that might be a little bit more mindless and attaching it to something a little more mindful and now you're getting both things done and look at that. Now you have the time and it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I love this concept so much. I'm a big fan of listen learning, whether it's podcasts, audiobooks. I think a lot of us could be getting more done if we were smarter about it. And, you know, I preach and teach time blocking because it's been, it, it was the game changer for me, right? For Using sure. I love time blocking. Yeah. You, you've just got, you know, you've got to get clear on what you want to create. And then when you do you've got to be willing to, to make that the priority, get it on the calendar, however you need to get it on. If you're someone like me, so I need to see things uh, on a calendar, like I actually need to see them regularly. So having an app in my phone that I have to open, scroll through, that's going to be the opposite of what my, you know, human makeup is. I need to see it on a paper planner and I need that planner to be out on my desk every single day. So yeah. whatever that looks like for you, you, you can create the time, even if it's 10 minutes here, I love your idea of habit stacking, figure out how you're going to work it in rather than saying, I can't get creative because if you're creating time for joy, you're creating time for who you want to be now. That's you. That's you creating time for balance. FYI is make, is not making it all about work, not making it all about the life chores that have to get done, but creating the space really. It's not even so much creating the time. It's creating the space for the things that make you who you are. Yeah. So that's, that's the C. Um, the A is appreciate this moment. And this is really you know, call it presence, call it mindfulness. This is something that I've been working on a lot in the last 
year, especially as I've been thinking about the fact that my kids are going to be teenagers soon. They're not going to want to spend the same amount of time with me. Um, even when the moments are hard, I'm trying to just be present through those moments and really, you know, be, be aware of it. Use my senses. What am I seeing? What am I smelling? What does it feel like to hold my, you know, this is, this is where we do my morning meditation this morning. My eight-year-old came and he put his head on me and he's got these big fluffy curls. And I was thinking about what it felt like to have my arm around his little body and have his curls brushing up against my neck. You know, these are, these are moments in time that won't be like this forever. So how can you appreciate this moment right now, even in its imperfection? Yeah, that's so good. And I love the, um, the appreciation. I think people always automatically assume that it has to be a positive thing. Like you're soaking up this glorious moment, but I also think there's just something to be said about learning to appreciate what might not seem so glamorous or wonderful on the outside and appreciating it for what it could be or the opportunity that exists within the obstacle and appreciating it, even if it's hard, but you know that you're growing through it, or you know that it is teaching you something and it might not feel so fabulous in the moment, but you can appreciate the gift that it is to have the opportunity to learn something or have the opportunity to grow into a better version of yourself. So I think that that's, I love the the word appreciate just because I think it, it has more depth to it than it's sometimes given credit for. You are bang on Erica. And it, I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, expecting things to be great every single day is, is quite unrealistic. I think it's important that we understand that there is going to be these highs and lows, and it's not about making it all perfect or trying to wish something were better. It is about appreciating what is, and you can still want it to be better. You can still create change, positive change, but acknowledging where you're at and, and being in the moment really as much as we possibly can. I think that's, um, that's something that most of us are kind of sleepwalking through life. And I would just love to see that change. Absolutely. All right. Give us the L. The L is a fun one. It's let go, say no. And this is especially powerful for my mamas because we say yes to everything and we believe that we're the only one who can do the thing. And if we don't do the thing, someone's going to be upset or, you know, the stakes are high. So this would go for any of the obligations in my book. I call them not opportunities, right? You know how you'll get asked to like, can you help out with a bake sale? It might be a good networking opportunity for you. And I'm thinking it's not going to be a networking opportunity for me. It's me helping you do your thing. But most of us are either too um, unwilling to call it what it is, or, you know, sometimes we may really think, oh, maybe this will get me closer to my goals. But for the most part, if someone's asking you to do something, it's because it's going to serve them and not you. So be really honest with yourself about what lights you up. Say no to the stuff that doesn't. And I'm very proud to say the women that I coach say no to a whole bunch of stuff committees that they sit on that they no longer enjoy, you know, carpools that just don't actually serve their schedule very much. All the things that we get asked to do as moms and business owners, even, you know, things like collaborations. Well, I always ask my people to think about this. What is the collaboration really for? Do you really need it to reach your goals? Because if not, it's just taking you further away from your goals. So, you know, we got to get clear on, on what is 
um, worthwhile and what's a distraction. And if it's a distraction, you can politely say no, let it go, give the opportunity to somebody else so you can stay the course. For sure. Oh, I see this all the time in my field of work and everybody and their mother loves to make it seem like it is going to be the best thing for you ever if you just work for free for them, because you'll just be helping a small business dream. And I'm like, you know what? I have all the love and respect for small business owners dreams. I am a small business owner myself, but at the end of the day, if I said yes to every single thing in my inbox for the past eight years, wanting me to work for free for them, I would have a very expensive hobby on my hands and no time to actually do anything that I enjoyed. And I also wouldn't have a small business because I wouldn't have made any money. So like you really have to get down and you can so politely say to people like, thanks, but no thanks. This isn't a great opportunity at this time. Um, but people, people will play you if you let them. So (laughs) it's not going to change unless you, uh, you know, they say nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you keep saying yes, you will just keep being overloaded and overwhelmed and it, it's not going to (laughs) change. A hundred percent. I, in fact, I would challenge your listeners. What's one thing that you're currently saying yes to that you really don't want to do, do yourself a favor. And in the next 24 hours, Go and tell that person you're no longer available to do that thing. You will feel so much lighter. It will feel like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. I guarantee it. I guarantee you're sitting on something, a task or an obligation that you don't really want to do. Just let's practice this. You don't have to do it. You don't have to completely overhaul everything all at once. Just choose one thing that you can say no to in the next 24 hours and start you know, building up that muscle because it's a powerful one. And then the last one is M. M stands for meditate. And I'm just going to say, hang on a second right now. If you don't love the idea of meditating, I also say the M could stand for me time. And that is because I really do believe that a lot of us would do better if we had a little bit more quiet time to turn inward whether that is meditation or mindfulness practice, or it's just you sitting quietly with a cup of tea and enjoying that moment, right? Without the distractions, the noise, the, again, people asking you to do stuff, which happens all the time. What would life look like if you dedicated 10 minutes a day? And this is what I think stops most people from meditating is we think it's going to have to take a long time to be effective. We think we're going to have to do it hours a day, sitting in the lotus position in a completely quiet house with candles burning and all the rest. You don't. You could actually, as soon as this podcast is done, or you could do this right now, you could press pause on this podcast and you could take five quiet, deep breaths and just focus on your breath for 30 seconds or one minute or two minutes, however long five breaths takes you and see how that might shift your energy for the day. Um, I was not a seasoned meditator. I still, it does not come naturally to me to meditate because I'm a doer and I'm a mover and a shaker and sitting still with my thoughts is like not, (laughs) it's not where I thrive, but it has been a game changer for me. I think of it as somebody once used the expression, think of it as like cleaning your mind, right? The way you would clean your home once a week or you clean your sheets, you're cleaning your mind every day so that it can work better for you, so that you can create more focus. It is such a powerful tool. And again, five minutes a day, even two minutes a day, you could start with that. 
For sure. And if you say you can't, TikTok has upped their uh, duration of videos where there's like three minute videos on TikTok now. So just like delete one of your TikToks that you're mindlessly scrolling through and replace it with some quality brain cleaning time. And voila, we've just yeah. found you your three minutes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Honestly, I set, so my morning alarm goes off at 6 20 AM and I press snooze and the snooze is nine minutes and I lie in my bed. Cause that's the easiest way for me to do it. I probably should and could sit up I could find another place, but then I run the risk of getting caught up in other things. If I do it first thing before I even leave my bed, then it gets done. And it's not perfect. I, my mind definitely wanders, but I make it a priority every day. So that's yeah. my system is just to use my alarm, my existing morning alarm and my snooze button. What's your system going to be? How can you make this a habit as we spoke about before? So there you go. Uh, C-A-L-M, create time for joy. Appreciate this moment let go, say no to more things and meditate or me time. If you do those four things consistently, if you keep that at the forefront of your mind, then you're absolutely going to feel more of that sense of centered, calm and balance that I think most of us do crave. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for sharing it with us, Leanne. It's so good. I would love to get things wrapped up by asking you something we ask all guests on the show, which is what does thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Oh my goodness. Well, thriving for me really is figuring out what is going to make me be at my best. Um, and that looks different for different seasons of my life right now. Me at my best is plenty of time outdoors, plenty of time away from screens, plenty of time moving my body. Uh, in fact, I, I track my move calories every single day because it's the only way I've found that I can make sure that I'm staying in the zone is that I'm actually moving enough. Um, and so, you know, like if I were to say what's one thing, it's movement, it's daily physical activity, um, rain or shine, whether I feel like it or not. And not being hard on myself if I don't do as much as I want one day, just trusting that like my body is the best tool. It's my body and my brain, our bodies, our minds are the best tools we have at our disposal. And without them, we have nothing. So yeah, um, it's a silly thing maybe to some, but it is the thing that keeps me in the zone, keeps me growing and moving forward. So good. Tell everyone where they can find you online to connect with you more. Sure. So if you love podcasts, please do listen to my podcast. It's called The Business of Thinking Big. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Leanne Kim Coach. So we put together something special for your people. A lot of my mama entrepreneurs are not feeling balanced, not feeling joyful because they're serving a lot of the wrong people. So I created a mad masterclass called Secure More Dream Clients. It really just allows you to build the business of your dreams, serving the people that you really want to be serving. And it's a free masterclass. Anyone who's listening to this can have access to it by heading to mamasandco.com slash dream. There you'll be invited to check out the masterclass. I think it is one of the best tools I have. If you're curious about my coaching style in terms of business coaching, I think it's a great start. So once again, it's mamasandco.com slash dream. And I'll link, we can link to it in the show notes, I guess. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. 
Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.